Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartland Podcast. And I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're returning, then welcome back. And today we are covering how to communicate in love. So communication is key, right? Communication is very, very important in relationships, but not so much what you're saying, but how you're saying it. And in this episode, my goal is to really just share a few things that can really help with bringing down the walls and help with reducing the fear that can come up in relationships with anyone so that you can remain in that safe space, remain in that loving space with one another so that communication doesn't become an issue. We are not mind readers. We don't know what's on each other's minds. We don't know what truly affects another person. We don't know how deep something may go. So being able to communicate in a loving way is always very important to make sure that we're maintaining ourselves as well as keeping the relationship healthy. So the number one thing that I want to cover when it comes to communicating in love is to refrain from using absolute terms such as always or never when relating to the other person. Now, if you want to relate to yourself as this, that's your own truth, that's fine. But when it comes to communicating with another person and if you start saying, well, you never do this, you always do that, that makes it very final, right? Because it's very absolute. So what do we really accomplish in that statement? What are you seeking when we make that statement? What place are we coming from? Because if that is an absolute, if that is what it is, if that's the case, then that person has no room for growth. That is what it is. They always do that or they never do that. That's what it is. So why even say that? If that's not going to help resolve the situation, that person's not going to be able to redeem themselves, that is an absolute, then it really puts the person up against a wall and it creates a level of defensiveness because now this person has to protect who they are. They've got to defend themselves because now that to them feels like a lie and it's going to spiral into this battle of debate and arguments and trying to pull all these examples out of a hat <laughs> and say, well, this time you did this and this time you did that and that. And it really shows that instead of you valuing the connection and valuing the relationship, you're keeping tabs on one another. So you can't possibly be enjoying or loving the connection if you're keeping tabs and a tally of every time someone does something that makes you feel uncomfortable. If you have the energy to keep a tab on someone, then you have even more energy to be able to address the issues as they come up. So if an issue comes up, and let's say the person didn't honor you in a way that you would like to be honored, maybe someone says something or they do something that really bothers you, it's at that moment that it's important to say something so the person can realize or even clarify where they're coming from so that you can get to a place of understanding. If you let things build up and build up and build up, you will create in your mind this illusion that this person is always doing this certain thing. And they may even do something a lot, but it's important to take a step back and ask yourself, 
are they really always doing this to me? Is this really how the relationship always is? Or do they never show me this? Or do they never show me that? Has it always just been this continuation of them never doing something? Really, really be honest with yourself first before really addressing that issue. But it's important that if you take that time when these moments come up and address them, that maybe that person didn't really realize the impact or the effect that it had on you if they said something or they made a comment or maybe they don't have the best communication skills or maybe they don't have the best way of handling themselves or managing themselves or having that social awareness. But if you bring it up at the time where they can see what they just did, you can get to a place of understanding and clarification. And that brings me to my next point. Always seek understanding and ask for clarification to the most minuscule point. Let's say someone insults you, right? They say something and they say, you know what, you're really stupid. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Just ask them to clarify. What did you mean by that? Well, you just always say stupid things. Well, what did you mean by that? Well, that time that you asked that question at the da-da-da, like it'll just keep going. And eventually the person will either A, they'll continue to hear themselves be very rude or demeaning, and it feels really bad. They realize, ooh, I'm not being very kind right now. I'm not being very loving right now. But if you argue with that, if you are quick to jump to your defense to try to shut that other person out or shut that person down or begin to argue, it will go nowhere. And that really doesn't put that responsibility back onto the other person. So by asking for clarification as much as humanly possible until you get to that understanding where either A, they will continuously be rude. And at that point, then you know this is not a loving connection and this is not healthy and this is not for you. That is your time to walk away. Or sometimes we take offense to things and the person, maybe they didn't communicate properly. Maybe they were quick to just say something without even really digesting what they're getting ready to say. Or maybe they're just used to reacting in an automatic way and it comes off weird or harsh. This will give that moment to gain that clarity, to gain that understanding. And the next time that something comes up, they will think more before they say something. Because if you allow for someone to continuously say whatever they have on their head without there being any type of responsibility, they're going to continuously speak to you that way. They're going to continuously do certain things in that way because they don't see anything wrong with it. The thing about the human brain is that we will not damage something that we feel. If it's something that is attached to ourselves, let's say, for instance, we're not going to go around cutting off our arm or a leg unless we really have some very, very demented mental issues, right? Because why? We can feel that. 
We feel it. It hurts. That's very difficult to try to put yourself through that immense amount of pain for just the heck of it. But cutting your hair is not a big deal. You don't feel anything when you cut your hair. Or maybe when you harm another person or you kill something or you kill an animal or you kill another person, you don't feel it. So it's easier to do that. So a lot of times people are just doing things out of their own actions, but they're not realizing that it actually does affect or harm another person. So they have to be made accountable for those things by being able to recognize when they have those moments. If you don't speak up and if you are not honest at those times where it triggers you or it insults you, or it harms you or hurts you in some way, then we're going to create a really bad cycle and an unhealthy relationship. And this is where being an empath or a very empathetic or compassionate person comes into play where you do have that understanding. In fact, you feel from the beings around you, you feel the energy from other people. When you see something that is hurting or that is suffering, you feel that. That hits your core. There's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes being an empath, you start to feel like, oh my gosh, I hate feeling all these emotions and feeling all this energy. Congratulations, you're not a sociopath. You're actually a very normal person. So we need a little more empathy in the world in order for our relationships to really become more meaningful. The next way to communicate love is to listen to your love voice, your heart voice. Sometimes the other person really isn't doing anything. They really aren't trying to hurt you. They really aren't just acting the way that you're perceiving it. I know, trust me, listen, (laughs) you're probably like yelling at me right now, but it's true. Sometimes a person is just going on about their day and we build an attachment to this person. And then maybe they don't return our calls as quickly as we want them to, or they don't respond to us a certain way. And we have our own feelings of rejection. We have our own fears that come up and then we overreact or we say something to the other person because we're feeling rejection. We're feeling our own insecurities. We're not feeling good enough. We're not feeling worthy enough. So we just start really feeling this. And we're listening to that voice in us that tells us that we're not good enough. We're listening to that criticism voice. We're listening to that low self-worth voice. We're listening to the past conditionings, the fears, the devil in the mind. That's what we're listening to. But if you can get to a place where you can listen to the love voice, the voice that tells you that you are worthy, the voice that tells you, no, that's not what that means necessarily. Until that person really shows you who they are, they are truly rejecting you, then you know where you stand from there. But it's still not a place of your own self-worth. Listen to that love voice. The love voice will never fail you. It's always going to put you in a place of love. It's always going to put you in a place of a healthier mindset. It's always going to put you in a place of 
making sure that you are safe and taken care of versus assuming that you are unloved. So we do need to listen to that heart and that love voice. Sometimes we trick ourselves like, oh, this is my heart. My heart really wants to be with this person and that person is not treating you well. That's not your heart voice. That's not your love voice. Your heart and love does not want you to be abused whatsoever. That's actually coming from your fear voice, believe it or not. And if that fear voice is really, really strong, and if you've gone through a lot of damage to your self-esteem and your self-image, it sounds very normal. It sounds normal because you've heard it so many times that you now think that this is love, but it's not. If it's driving you towards confusion, if it's driving you towards damage or harm, if it's driving you towards negative emotions, if it's driving you towards depression or anxiety, that is the fear voice because all of those things are tied to fear. If it's driving you towards joy, feeling positive, feeling centered, knowing your direction, feeling clarity, feeling secure. These are your love voice. And sometimes whenever you go through relationships with people, you have to navigate with this love voice. And if you navigate towards that destiny, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, Maybe it feels like rejection at the time, but it leads you to a place of connecting more with yourself. At the end of the day, you still listen to your love voice. And that is what is so important. The next way to communicate in love is to express how you feel in relation to the other person's actions, but seek understanding over righteousness. So sometimes... I find that we flip this a little bit where we learn, we have learned, I know you've heard this before where you say, don't say you do this and you do that. Say, I feel that when you do this, this affects me this way. We have to be careful with that because it's still almost communicating the same thing. Think about if I come to you and maybe you didn't intentionally do something or maybe you did. And I come to you and I say, you know what? I really felt unloved when you ignored my call and you sent me to voicemail. And I just want to let you know that. Okay. It doesn't really leave much room to clear that up or to build that understanding. And what's the next thing that you'll do? Sometimes you may say, well, you know, I felt really unloved when you ignored my call. So you don't need to ignore my call anymore. Okay. When you start saying, well, I felt this because of this, that person, it leaves a room for the person to say, well, that sounds like a personal problem. I'm not in, I'm not in control of your feelings. I'm not responsible for you to feel a certain type of way. You're in control of how you feel. Do you see how it goes nowhere? So yes, it's important to express how you're feeling because we want to honor ourselves, we want to be honest with ourselves, but we have to seek the understanding over trying to be right. So how we can better address this is say, hey, 
I noticed the other day when I called, for some reason the call went straight to voicemail. Do you know what happened with that? Was, was anything going on? That person may lie, they may tell the truth, but it puts the responsibility on them and it leaves it open for there to be the clarity. And then they could say, oh, yeah, you know what? I actually was at work and when I walk through this hallway, there's really bad service or reception. Or really, I had no idea that my phone even did that. Or yeah, I saw that you called. I was in the middle of something. I was in the middle of a meeting and I, I'm so sorry I had to reject the call. I was in the middle of something, whatever the case may be. But then it leaves that room for growth and responsibility on each end. And then you can say, okay, is there a better time that we can talk on the phone? I really enjoy talking to you. And sometimes just how I feel, if I don't feel that connection with you at times, or if I don't feel like we can really talk or we're losing connection or we're getting a little bit of distance, it kind of makes me feel unloved a little bit. And I just wanted to address it with you to see if we can build better on our communication. That is way better than, I just want to let you know that when you rejected my call, I felt unloved. <laughs> Again, we have to leave the communication open enough for there to be a discussion without us trying to feel righteous and just get out how we're feeling. A lot of times we struggle with communication if you haven't had the openness, the safety, the security as a child and growing up to be able to express yourself properly. So you have to practice communicating on a regular basis. This is why it's a really good idea to just start a podcast <laughs> or write or do something where you're expressing yourself on a consistent basis, get used to talking, get used to collaborating, get used to speaking with other people and understanding people and communicating with yourself. A lot of times we just ignore ourselves and we go and distract ourselves with other things. We don't spend enough time talking. Sometimes we're texting all the time, texting, 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 and the texting becomes so common that you do it mindlessly sometimes. So for me, that's why I really prefer doing voice messages. Don't get me wrong, I love talking on the phone, but sometimes you're not always in a place to talk on the phone. Or sometimes I feel that with voice chats or voice messages, you can leave that person a message, you can delete it if it didn't come out right. Maybe you're like, oh, my tone sounded really bad. <laughs> or sometimes you can re-listen to the other person's voice message and you can say, mm, for some reason, when I first heard that, I felt really defensive. Now that I've had a little more clarity, I've had more time with myself, I'm hearing the same message, but it's not coming across the same way. And it will help you to strengthen that routine of being able to communicate without being so reactive. So that's why I like voice messages over text messages, but I do enjoy speaking, you know, just talking normal. So I know we've covered a lot as far as communicating in love, and I want to take a quick break and we'll wrap this up after this brief message. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back. And we are covering more on communicating in love. So we've covered quite a bit so far. And the next thing that I want to cover with you is really important. And it is about utilizing loving cues to remind each other of a safe space. So many times when you're communicating with someone it's very easy to go into a space of not feeling safe. It's very easy to fall into a fear trap when you're communicating with other people. Why? Because a lot of times we are very internal. Our world is very internal. The things we hear, we're not actually hearing the other person. We're hearing sometimes our own voice in our minds and we're reacting to it. Sometimes if you find something to not be believable or it seems out of the norm, it seems like it's out of your range of what you really believe. It even could be your own self-worth. And let's say someone says, I think you're beautiful and you have really low self-esteem, right? When you hear this, you can say, um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm really not beautiful. Why would you say that? Are you trying to get something out of me? Are you trying to be deceptive? Are you, are you manipulating me? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I was just leaving you a compliment. (laughs) It really depends on where you are in your life. And so having a safe space, and this is going to be unique to different people, but in general, Number one, using the other person's name, not just saying babe or this and that or whatever. That's okay sometimes, but in times when you have to have a serious discussion, that's when you want to utilize the other person's name to bring them back, create that safe space again. So you can say, Michael, I know that you're upset but this is how I'm feeling. Or Katie, I know you're upset right now. This is what's going on. When you use that other person's name, it triggers back to them being more in the present moment. Now, this is not, I'm not saying this should be used as a way of manipulation or anything like that. But A lot of us just don't know how to communicate properly. And if you're not aware of these things, it can make communication really difficult. So utilizing the person's name. Also, not escalating your voice. Refrain from escalating your voice. Because now we're going to start doing this. We're going to start going up the ladder of frustration and we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to have any kind of understanding. If you can get to a place, if you're there in person, if you can get to a place and sit down, just hold the other person's hand. Let them know, I'm here. 
I'm with you. I'm in this with you together. Even though this is a difficult conversation, I'm still with you. I'm not against you. We're together in this. So there's different loving cues that you can do to really help bring down the walls. Also, keeping the eye contact. Keeping that eye contact with softening the eyes, not looking crazy, not like beaming into their soul, (laughs) but just keeping that eye contact and to remain present will really bring down those walls. It will. It will bring down that fear dramatically and it will put the other person back in that safe space and it's going to keep you in that safe space. So we always want to make sure that when communicating with a partner or in any type of relationship that everyone feels safe. You never know what somebody has gone through and communication is not the easiest for a lot of people. So there's a whole lot that goes in when it comes to communication. So Keeping that safe space is important. Another cue when communicating lovingly is let's say you're not with the person. Let's say you're on the phone. Okay, let's say you're talking to them over the phone. Things are escalating. I would really prefer that, you know, if it's needed, just talk in person. But if you can't, let's say maybe you're at a distance. Talking slower, remaining centered and grounded in the conversation. If you feel that it's getting more escalated, that's when you can take a moment to say, it looks like we're not getting very far right now. I care about you. I love you. I want to resolve this. Can we talk at a time where we're both calmer and we've had space and time to breathe? And that's when you can just take a deep breath, go for a run, (laughs) really take in information, think about things, assess them and come back later. So that is really, really important to have those loving cues. But yes, if you're there in person, give that person a hug before you start arguing or if you feel that it's getting a little bit more ah, crazy to say, you know what? I know that you're unhappy with me. Can I just hug you for a moment? could talk about this later, but I really want to feel safe. I really want to feel this love right now with you. It sounds crazy. A lot of people don't do that, but a lot of people also don't have healthy relationships either. Now, do they? (laughs) And the next way to communicate love is that let's say this is not an argument or anything like that. Of course, it's much easier to have conversations when you're not arguing, but there's other things to do in the midst of this when you're not arguing to make sure you don't reach a level of argument. You want to be able to have a lot of encouragement. So sharing encouragement for the other person, talking with the person and encouraging them. If they're in a place where maybe they're not feeling so good, or maybe their day isn't going so well, you know, bring up their strengths. Well, I know you're really passionate about X, Y, and Z. I know you'll get through it. You got this. But the correct encouragement Sometimes we don't really know what that means. And sometimes we think we're encouraging the other person, but we're saying things like, yeah, good job. That sounds great. Yeah, you can do it. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) Like, it just sounds very generic. So when it comes to really proper encouragement, you can encourage someone you don't know. 
right? So it takes a level of knowing the other person and understanding the other person. When you understand the other person, you can be able to say, I know today seems tough, but you're really, really intelligent and persistent with your goals. So I know you'll get right back to it and not coddle them along the process. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but just true encouragement and empowerment. And also through communicating in love, being that listening ear. A lot of times we assume that the person wants or needs our advice or our thoughts or what we should share or bring to the table. Sometimes people just want to listen, but sometimes they want feedback. So in your conversations, you can even ask them upfront if they seem like they're struggling with the problem or needing a solution or anything like that. Number one, there's a couple of things you can do to gauge whether or not the person is seeking a solution or needing to vent. Number one, if they feel like they are struggling to understand something, that is not the cue to step in and solve it. I know it seems counterintuitive, but if a person is struggling to understand something or come to an understanding, that means they need to talk through it. They need to continuously keep talking. They need to get it out. They need to keep searching through their words because they have the answers. We all have the answers. We don't need anybody to tell us what to do, but they're needing to kind of work through it by talking more. So that's when you say, you know what? I'm just here to listen. If you need to work through something, I'm just here to listen for you. If you would like any of my feedback or anything that I do that personally helps me, I'd be happy to share but I'm just here just to be that soundboard for you. Sometimes people need feedback. Sometimes they don't want to just hear themselves talk all the time. So in that case, when someone is needing feedback, what they'll do is ask you a lot of questions. They'll ask a lot of questions or the conversation seems to keep hitting a little bit of a dead end on their end. At that point, if they're hitting a dead end, that means they don't have anything left to say. Or if they're asking you questions, then that's when it's time to have more of a feedback type of conversation. But it's important to either one, look at those cues and the conversations, or two, ask what they would like from the conversation and follow through with that and vice versa. Whenever you're in that space where you're like, gosh, I know that my partner is really good at this. I'm going to have a discussion and conversation with them and I'm just going to let them know right off the bat, hey, I just really need support right now. That's all I need. I just need support and I'm not looking for feedback right now. I'm trying to communicate some thoughts to myself and I'm really looking for you to help support me through this. And that person will say, you know, well, oh yeah, absolutely. Because we like to feel that we matter to each other. We like to feel like we can play some type of role in each other's lives, not to be depended on all the time, but to add value. 
to each other's lives. So this is actually a good thing in order to go to a person and to say, you know what, I trust you. I'm open with you. We have this level of intimacy and closeness that I feel like you can really support me right now. Okay, so and the flip side of that, if you're needing feedback, ask questions. If the other person's not giving any feedback or they're just sitting on the phone and you can't go back and forth, ask more questions or just see how you can build better communication skills with one another. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times when we are communicating with other people, what happens? Someone starts talking just a little bit. They start saying, you know, I'm having a bad day or... I'm just, gosh, they like, they try to open up. And the first thing the other person will try to do is solve all the problems. Or they'll say, well, you know what? Hey, you should really do this. Don't, don't be sad. Don't be mad. Don't be whatever. You really need to do this. This is what you should be working on. This is what has helped me do this, do that, and it makes the other person feel dismissed. They don't feel heard. They don't feel acknowledged. They feel belittled in a way, because they don't feel like their issues being taken seriously or anybody's really understanding or hearing them. So we have to be able to hear and understand each other and to create a safe space for everyone to fully express themselves and to not be shut down after a few moments of speaking. Communication can be easier and harder for some people, but if you can get to a common ground and a common space with one another, this can really strengthen your bond and relationships. So this concludes communicating in love. I hope that you enjoyed this. I'm sure there's so many other ways of communicating in love. Definitely feel free to share or your feedback on my Instagram at I am Lindsay Christian. I'd be happy to hear from you. But definitely stay tuned for more as we have much more coming up on Hard Blend Podcast.